What government jobs are they worth pursuing? Do they pay great? Are they secure? Well, on this episode of The Military Wire, our guest today is going to shed light on how to effectively navigate and position yourself for a government job. So welcome to The Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. Well, our guest today is Daryl Washington, former U.S. Army officer. He's a former professor of military science at Texas A&M, and he now works for NASA in human services. He's, his span of expertise is pretty impressive, and he's going to help us understand how to land one of the many thousands of open and available government jobs. Daryl, welcome to the Military Wire. Uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have you on. You know, you work today, I think, for one of the most admired government agencies out there, NASA, the final frontier. I think, um, I don't know, maybe maybe the only one that's coming up on that is maybe the new uh, Department of Defense Space Agency. But I, I want to, before we dig into this topic of landing on government jobs, I want to talk about your own transition experience. You've got, you had 26 years in the military and then you transitioned. How did you prepare for that transition and then land where you're, you're at today. All right, Mike, absolutely. Uh, so NASA has recently been named as the best place to work in the federal government for the eighth straight year. So I'll, I'll kind of start with that. So you, you kind of alluded to it being one of the most admired government agencies. Uh, it, it is, That's impressive. Yeah, it is the most admired uh, federal agency. Uh, I also start with this caveat uh, for anyone transitioning out, don't do it the way I did. Um, I, I, I used very okay. Good, good. Walk us through that, please. Yeah, so I, I used very few of the the, the uh, best practices. I'm going to recommend uh, to transitioning military members today. Um, my background is, as you mentioned, is that of a career Army Signal Soldier. Uh, after high school, uh, came in the Army, uh, enlisted in the Army, served about 16 years, enlisted before. Uh, going to college and uh, being accepted into the officer candidate school. I uh, served out my last 10 years um, as a Signal Corps officer, um, spent the vast majority of that, about 17 of my 26 years uh, in various positions uh, around what we affectionately refer to as the center of the military universe uh, out in Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Um, so for the final kind of year of my career, uh, we saw an opportunity to move out closer to Houston, which is where my wife and I decided we wanted to retire. So I accepted that uh, professor of military science position you you uh, previously mentioned out at Texas A&M, uh, the Central Texas campus in Colleen. Um, my transition started in about July of 2015. Uh, and mind you, my actual retirement date was November 1st of that same year. So just a very short transition for me. Uh, and, and that was probably my biggest mistake. Uh, I didn't use, you know, all of my available time to plan my transition. So I, I would think you need uh, at least a year or more to do it the right way, uh, without kind of the benefit of luck. Uh, and, uh, honestly, Mike, it, it, it had to do with the fact I was just exhausted, uh, after, um, numerous deployments and all of those things, uh, spending so much time. So is that uh, why you didn't take advantage of, of all the things or was it that you I was just still exhausted. were required to do all these op tempo, um, you know, fast action so, movements, and you just didn't have time to take advantage of the resources? So, 
so probably a, a combination of both, but but uh, more the uh, more the former. Uh, I wasn't planning to work uh, after retirement. Uh, like, like I mentioned, I, I was exhausted. I was going to retire. Uh, my wife is also a retired military officer, so financially that that was the that was an option. Not working uh, going forward was an option, and that was what we were going to plan. We were planning to do. We were just going to really retire. Um, spent a lot of time uh, those first couple of months. Uh, on the couch with a new puppy, uh, and after after about <laughs> right, 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 but after about two months of that, I decided uh, I'm going to get back out there. I was, you know, I was rested up. I was ready to go again. Uh, so uh, during my actual transition, there's there's a, a program called Soldier Soldier for Life Transition Assistance Program, and it was a mandatory program in the Army. I'm sure every service has kind of a similar program as you transition out. Uh, and during that program, one of the things that they required us to do uh, was to create a USA Jobs resume on USA Jobs, you know, create the profile, create the USA Jobs resume, and actually apply to one job. So that was kind of going through the motions uh, for me. However, I did have my profile. And one of the things you can do within your profile is um, have your have USA Jobs uh send you vacancies that match kind of your interests on a recurring basis that, that you can do it every day, uh, every week, uh, and, and up to like every month. I, I set my settings for kind of weekly uh, and really didn't didn't even go back to, to bother with them. Uh, however, about two months into my transition, when I'd already just decided, okay, I'm going to go back to work. Um, I looked at my phone, checked my mail one morning, and I had some vacancy announcements uh, from USA Jobs. And I'd been getting these every week uh, since, you know, for the last two months. I just never really paid any attention to them. Uh, but this one I did open up, and there was a uh, there was a, an opening uh, at JSC uh, NASA for the Pathways Internship Program. And uh, honestly, that was the first time I ever considered working for NASA. Uh, and that was probably August September of, of the year I transitioned of 2015. Um, so I saw that it interested me. Uh, I applied, I went through the interview process, was accepted into the program. And now here I am, uh, four years into my career at NASA. No kidding. See, and, 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 and I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know if that's an encouraging story for some Daryl or, or if they're like, what are you kidding? He just gets a notice, applies, gets lucky and gets into NASA, which I, which is awesome. But I think w- what I want people to pull out of that component piece of your story is you still took action. Like you had to put the framework around it. You had to pay attention to the notices and you had to follow through. And I think that's so important, which kind of leads into m- my next question for you is I think we've all heard the stats, you know, you know, our veterans get out, we're oftentimes more experienced and in some cases even better educated than our civilian counterparts. When we get out of service, whether it's, you know, more work experience or even a higher, you know, degree, and yet we face a higher issue of underemployment, not unemployment. And I think sometimes we'll get confused with that. Underemployment why do you think that is? Do you think it's, is it a combination of, of perception out of the marketplace and people's inability or our inability to communicate our skill or a combination of both? It's a combination. You know, I, I've seen some of those stat ranges, Mike. Um, they state that vets are, you know, sometimes as much as 34% 
more likely to be underemployed than their non-veteran counterparts? Uh, there's probably not one answer to it, uh, more likely a combination of factors. Um, I can tell you some of the things I, I, I've seen uh, and some of the things we see out there as we look through, you know, some of these uh, some of these surveys and some of these uh, things that, that are popping up now, uh, they kind of give you that background. Uh, there's, a, there's a distinct difficulty on probably both part of the, the veteran and also on the recruiters to properly translate like military experience into the knowledge and skills and abilities that companies are looking for. Um, a lot of these recruiters uh, and a lot of these companies don't have specific recruiters for military uh, recruitment. Uh, and even fewer of those will that will, when those uh, will those recruiters be actual former military members. Uh, so just translate. Yeah, I think I saw that stat was like 70% of companies don't have like a veteran or military onboarding process or even maybe expertise or knowledge in that. That's what you're referring to, right? Correct. That's exactly what I'm referring to. And even um, even the ones who do, it's not necessarily a veteran who's, you know, um, heading that up. You know, it's just someone that was already on staff in probably a, a human capital, human resources office. Um, also, there's there's a propensity for the veter- for veterans uh, to accept the first position that's offered, which you know may or may not be the best fit, and you know that particular factor kind of influences other trends we see um, as it comes to like veteran retention, where like forty percent, nearly forty percent of veterans leave their first post military job within the first year, and then you get up near eighty percent that leave their first job before the completion of the second year coming out. So um, because of, you know, different reasons, some of them financial, some of them uh, other things, um, veterans may accept the first thing that's that's offered. uh, And that may often be kind of an underemployment. Um, There's we talked earlier um, on my first question about the short window for transitioning service members. Um, When you when the service member kind of frees themselves up of that military responsibility, it's not, uh, it's, it's maybe two to three months, uh, before they're actually transitioned out of the military. So when you consider the length of time, especially in the public sector, again, that the recruitment process takes from the vacancy announcement to actual onboarding of the new employee, a transitioning service member may have been out of work for several months. And sometimes that's not an option. Uh, they may not have the the financial flexibility to wait for that offer there, and they they'll accept something uh, that something else that comes up that may may not be you know the perfect uh, skill set for them. Uh, and finally, well, and I think that's a good point. I, I think that's a great point, Daryl. I mean, you're you're talking about listen. If I've got to wait this out, I've still got to put food on the table, Correct. especially if they don't have a retirement. So you're saying, yeah, they're going to take two or three jobs, maybe even to compensate. Correct. So I think, that, I think that's and, a great and every point. and they'll be underemployed at every one of those. Um, yeah. And and finally, you know, um, there's the there's also the tr- tradition kind of of when you get out of the military, you you they veterans end up in a military community. Um, a lot of veterans who retire, retire in, you know, in the place of their last duty station. A lot of veterans who just um, what we would call in the army ETS uh, in term of service, they do that at their last duty station. Well, geographically, that may not be the place where their skill set is, is needed. Um, 
as you compare it to the local, you know, the local industries or industries across the country. Uh, so one of the things I'd recommend there is to when you when you're in your transition process, instead of deciding necessarily where you want to live, have a list of places you're willing to live uh, and kind of expand your search outside of that local uh, military community um, for your transition. Man, that's good. You know, I was just down in Dallas at the Bush Institute and I was meeting with uh, some folks and they were telling me about all these ample jobs that are in Midland, Texas, um, like high paying jobs. Uh, and yeah. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. Except it's Midland, Texas. <laughs> and, and, and nothing against Midland if, if somebody in Midland is listening to this, but for me, you know, being waterbound, uh, I just, you know, that, I, but you raise a great point is you're going to experience transition again, potentially in your corporate career and your civilian sector too. And just be sure you have a vision to where you want to go and make sure that every step you take gets you closer to that, that final vision or that best year yet piece. And I think you speak to that. And I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, you and I were talking about before we got on air was, you know, the, the ample, you know, federal, state, local government jobs in the United States. I think there was something like 21 million who are employed by federal, state and local government throughout the United States. But there's so many opportunities in addition to the 21 million or 22 million uh, that are already employed. But we oftentimes hear from the field that, you know, these jobs are hard to get. They're hard to navigate. You made it sound pretty simple. Is there a secret to landing a government job? Mike, there, there is no one secret that will guarantee a transitioning service member yeah. a, a government job. There, there are definitely steps that veterans can take to increase the likelihood that they'll get their resume in front of a hiring manager. And uh, probably the most important of those is your resume itself. Um, especially if you're, if you're going into well, trying to go into the federal service, and that's what I'll speak on because uh, that's what I have the most experience with. You you have to get away from that uh, kind of that industry. It's kind of counter to that industry one to two page resume, right? Um, you know, the, the regular private industry, they're going to have a one or two page maximum on a resume. Right. Uh, when you go into USA Jobs, my recommendation there would be to have your base USA Jobs resume, but tailor your resume that you submit to each individual vacancy announcement that you apply for. You know, um, each vacancy announcement will have a list of kind of short sentences. Uh, they'll be under headings, duties, responsibilities, and requirements uh, for that specific position. My advice would be to take each one of those sentences and ensure you write out your how your specific experience relates to that individual duty. Uh, responsibility or requirement uh, as written in the announcement. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I love the tailored approach. I think that's so important. I think sometimes people miss it. They put their general resume together and then they expect the recruiter to figure it out. And I think what I hear you saying is, no, take the time to truly help that recruiter see why you are the right for the job and then back it up with your experience. Correct? Correct. And, and I, I know it's tedious. It's a tedious process, especially when you look at some of these, uh, some of the vacancy announcements on USA jobs. I'm, when I talk about duties and responsibilities and requirements, I'm talking about 
there's probably 15 sentences there. And what I'm telling you is that you need to separate them and write your experience as it relates to each one of them. Um, and it's going to result in a very long resume, much longer than you, your private sector, one or two page maximum. But believe me, a strong resume will increase you know, the likelihood uh, of an applicant becoming an employee. But Daryl, is it worth doing it that? And, and the reason I ask that is because, you know, some will suggest that government jobs, you know, it takes too long to land that job or, you know, they don't pay as much as the civilian sector. Um, you know, there's faster hiring decisions in the civilian sector, better vacations, you know, they got snacks and foosball and, you know, I mean, we see all that stuff, right? And guys, you know, I think some are like, man, I got to be that tedious to get a government job. Um, is it worth it? What, what do you see as the benefits of working for the government? Obviously NASA, you, I mean, you guys got, there's proof in the pudding there, but what about for some of those other ones? I mean, what do you see as the benefit? So, um, I, I don't see it, you know, I don't see one thing about government jobs is, you know, we use tax money, uh, to fund everything. So, so funding the foosball table probably isn't going to happen. You know, it's probably not going to be right. <laughs> very favorably. Uh, but you know, some of those yeah. other things, you know, a, a lot of them are mat- matters of personal choice and really what that individual, uh, the individual person values. Um, the, the federal civil service does offer, you know, really competitive salaries. Uh, we offer very lenient time off, um, work from anywhere type of, uh, benefits. Job security is one of the bigger ones. Uh, and also uh, retirement benefits. And and one thing that I'll mention here that kind of most veterans w- will relate to more than most other civilians uh, is that is that piece that's being a part of something bigger than yourself. Mm, you know, it's good. Uh, every day when I drive into work, uh, you know, I drive past rockets at, at JSC's Rocket Park. I park my car next to, you know, Mission Control Center. By the time I get up to my desk, I, there's no question of like um, – why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know, who I'm, who am I enriching, uh, by the work I do every day. I, I, everyone in America is the answer to that. So I, I don't have that, you know, that sense of purpose isn't always as clear for every agency, uh, as it is for those of us who've had the opportunity to work for NASA, but, uh, for federal civil servants, what we do always serves the people of the nation, you know? Um, so that's one of the bigger ones as well that, that veterans will relate to, whether you're talking about the Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, uh, National Park Service, every, the, what what you do as a member of the federal service every day always impacts uh, and improves the lives of, of all the people of this great nation. So that's, a, that's one of the bigger benefits. It's not necessarily a financial benefit, although we compete that way as well. Um, but just that sense of purpose uh, really aligns with the values of, of most veterans. Yeah, I love that. I, th- I love that whole mission purpose identity. And I think that's one of the things that, I, and you know this, you know, many times, you know, our brothers and sisters struggle with that piece of who am I when I get out of the service? And I, I love that you're saying, listen, you can find it. You can certainly find it in the government because you're still working on behalf of and for the people of this country to, to keep this country what it is. And that's filled with many opportunities. And I, I want to land on that is Daryl, if there was one bit of advice, and I love how you shared in the beginning, like, don't do it necessarily the way I did it. But if there was one bit of advice for those seeking to be hired in the government, in some form of government position, what would you say that is? 
Um, I, I kind of mentioned it before, Mike. Uh, I'll say it again. It's, it's that important. And it's the importance of getting started early. Yeah. Um, there, there are different ways to get in uh, and you want to know all of them, you know, the research, but the research takes time. Um, become as knowledgeable as you can about all of your options. Uh, think about some of those out of the box ways to get your foot in the door. Uh, one of the things I'll mention here, the uh, U.S. Chamber of Commerce recently uh, just expanded the Hiring Our Heroes fellowship opportunities for transitioning veterans. Um, they have three cohorts this year. So some veteran, you know, look up the timelines for this year's cohorts, see how they align with your transition, apply for that program. Um, consider internships. Um, many federal agencies, including NASA, as I mentioned, that's the way I got in, uh, participate in what's called the Pathways Internship Program. Uh, Pathways has programs for those who have, you know, as little as one year of college under their belt to those who have really, uh, to have graduated up to about six years prior to application for qualified veterans. So, you know, seek that out and find out if you apply. That's a really good program, especially if you're going into a field that's different from your field uh, in the military where you may have less experience. Uh, for me, I, like I said, I was a signal officer, which kind of turned into with, with the advances in uh, IT, it really t- turned into an IT officer over time, you know, the time I was in, but I work in human resources. So that was kind of, uh, it was good for me because it was a, it was an opportunity I was going into that it was different from, you know, my 26 years of military experience. So start early and, and, and exercise all your options, you know, find out what those options are, find out how they relate to your timeline and go for it. Yeah. And you're speaking to be, be proactive. Don't just, you know, wait, just be proactive. I, I love that. So again, if they want to really kind of pursue the government jobs, where do you recommend that they visit? All right. Uh, so the, the one-stop shop for federal government jobs is usajobs.gov. So uh, if you're transitioning out of the military, uh, looking to continue your service to the nation, um, that's where you'll find the positions we're trying to fill. Uh, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, don't get overwhelmed. Uh, consume that information in, in you know, small chunks. Uh, but, but one of the things you've mentioned just a couple of times here that, that's very true, you have to put in the work. Uh, get out there and do it. Um, I read a stat uh, just recently that said, that there's only a callback after after about you know about every it's about a twenty five to one ratio of not being called back uh, for for you know applications to actual callbacks. So get out there, find what you're interested in, um, build a network outside of the military. Uh, that's another thing. Build a network outside the military. Do some um, interview prep outside the military. Have your resume reviewed outside the military. Uh, even though these are government jobs we're talking about, uh, most of these, uh, most of the employees at these agencies, uh, unless you get into, a, say, a, a Department of Defense or something like that, most of these employees have no, uh, no real presence in military, either communities or military circles. Uh, so they yeah. don't know as much about you as maybe you think they know about you. Uh, and that's a good thing. And, and, you know, and it's a plus and a minus. So. Get outside of that military community, uh, see what's expected in those interviews um, outside the military community. A lot of soldiers and uh, transitioning veterans have really never interviewed for a job. Their first interview uh, is the is their first interview outside of the military. 
Uh, they've never had to produce a resume. Uh, so get, get some eyes on those things who have done those things. Yeah, that's great. I think that's just great advice. Well, Daryl, I, I, I want to say thank you for being on the show. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome information here. It's, you know, I, and I think the big point, and I encourage people to go back and listen to this again and again, and, and, and to seek out and to learn, to learn more about those government jobs, you know, usajobs.gov. So Daryl, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Right, Mike, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you who want to discover your post-service identity, prepare, plan, and execute on your best year yet after transition, be sure you visit us at operationmilitaryfamily.com or DM me on LinkedIn. And again, Daryl, thanks again. I appreciate it. All right, thanks for having me, Mike.